Thank you for joining our virtual panel discussion with members of the AOE team as they share lessons learned from 2020 and what we see on the marketing, management, and sales landscape moving ahead in 2021. Topics we will cover include how messages have changed, the role of digital, rethinking the elevator speech, and more. For this informal discussion, our speakers include account managers, Amy Numbers, Ashley Kazire, Carrie Mooseman, Kristen Dispenza, and AOE President Kimberly Kaler. So let's jump right in and get started. So one of the things that I'd like to start out with is just a reminder, you know, most of us are doing business to business marketing. Um, so that means we're in the people business. And obviously we've had to shift a lot from a marketing standpoint this year um, in terms of messaging and we've outlined what we're going to talk about today in three buckets, pivoting, messaging, and connecting. Um, the chairman of my board is on the line, Ron Borg, and Berg, and when he found out there were five of us talking about marketing, he's like, wow, how are you going to tackle this in a half an hour? Um, but we are going to go through a couple of um, different topics related to each of these three sections. So the first one I want to start with is actually pivoting. And I think that's probably the 2020 buzzword of the year is pivoting and how we pivot. And I'm going to start off by asking Amy a question and to share some examples. She's got um, some really neat examples. Um, and her clients actually, one of her clients pivoted probably earlier than anybody back March <laughs> um, when it came to time to, to figure out how to respond to the pandemic. So Amy, share with us your experience related to pivoting. Yeah, we definitely, when you said the one of the first ones, I think the, the moment um, that everything shut down in Ohio, our client jumped right on this. Um, they're a mechanical contractor, um, so obviously healthy buildings and safe buildings is their forte. Um, and they became, they had to pivot very early from becoming a service provider to a COVID information provider as well. Um, in the early days, as Kimberly mentioned, there was so much information flying around. I know you guys saw it all about, is our things airborne, are things um, on surfaces? So they really, my client really had to review and dive into all of the um, methods of the spreading of the disease and how that affects their, their clients and their customers. Um, with providing those healthy environments and keeping their employees safe as well as the occupants of buildings safe. Um, first thing we did was um, develop a task force um, and we had three main objectives for the task, the task force. Um, our, one of our goals was to share guidance and recommendations from trusted sources not just things we saw on the internet, um, but trusted sources from like the CDC and OSHA. Um, we also wanted to compile a, um, a panel of experts that we could, um, we could gain information from in both in the infectious disease um, realm as well as healthy building solutions. And finally, we realized it was important to communicate early and often with all of our customers um, to make sure that they had all the information they need, needed. So um, using those objectives, we were able to, number one, the very first thing we did was launch a microsite with COVID resources 
we pulled information from, like I mentioned, CDC, OSHA, BOMA, ASHRAE. Um, so we had one location for all the information that, that folks needed, and we could point them to that, that location. Um, we also hosted a webinar um, that was very new to them, that was new to all of us using all these virtual platforms. Um, but we were able to gain, um, <clears throat> we were able to get a infectious disease um, doctor out of California to join the panel as well as other healthy building um, professionals um, to give strategies and technologies on things like um, UVC and different lighting that would kill the virus. Um, we also developed a healthy building solutions video, which actually just launched, it took us a while to get that put together, but we launched a video. And um, as I mentioned, also we talked about, it was important for us to make sure we were communicating a lot with our customers. So we drafted and distributed a series of e-blasts on different topics from touchless um, fixtures, to UVC lighting and things like that. Um, as you can imagine, um, COVID unfortunately is not going away anytime soon. So as we move into 2021, um, all of these strat and new strategies and technologies are coming out every day. Um, our, myself and our client um, continues to review those and um, it's an it's a ongoing situation with them. Awesome, Amy. I think that's a really great example, not just how they pivoted and you, you helped them from a communication standpoint, but it changed the shape of their business and now what they're doing ahead. So it's not just how do we get through the pandemic, they're now a trusted resource, not just a service provider. So still, silver lining there. So awesome. Kristen, I'm going to turn it to you. Um, you work with a lot of clients that deal with more of the public sector as well as chemical coatings companies. Some of your clients have some great examples of how they pivoted. Yeah, I think um, like a lot of us, when, when March rolled around and uh, shutdowns happened, they first noticed how their own business was impacted and what they couldn't do anymore, but they quickly realized they needed to think about their customers or their members, as the case may be, um, and because those groups had pain points too. Um, they were doing business differently like the rest of us. So part of the pivot was deciding how they were gonna change their offerings for the year. For example, one group decided to do a lot more remote training because they realized their customers weren't able to access the, their usual training routes. Um, IGGA has a lot of members in the road repair industry. Well, new construction maybe took a hit or they were worried it would take a hit, so they were going after more repair jobs, you know, the, the, from the ground up they were making new plans, and so that was a pivot. Um, a lot of focus on hygiene for some companies, um, outdoor space became a shift, you know, just every, every client group and every company really changed what, what their business model was, maybe going to be beginning of 2020. So that involved a pivot for our customers. Awesome, great examples. Carrie, what about you? To wrap up the pivot conversation, can you share what some of your clients did? You have a, a broader group of clients you work with outside of the design and construction industry. So examples you wanna share? Well, one within the construction industry in particular, um, CTS Cement really just ramped up something 
using materials they, that we've been providing for them. CTS, um, we've always been providing case studies for. And so they are uh, making an effort to get these on their website and then also videos to go with them. They send their reps out to the um, job sites, film a little video on their cameras, and then they can upload those along with the case study. So it's an example of work that we're already doing for them. They were just ramping it up more and they're trying to supplement with the videos because they can't get out to their customers as much. The customers can't come to them. So we're trying to bring more material out through the web. Fantastic, good. So one of the, the things is we shift into messaging. Obviously one of the ways we had to pivot was messaging. And one of the you know, first things we looked at in March is are the messages that we have appropriate? And many of you that are actually on this call today, I remember having conversations with you in terms of, hey, we need to look at our assets. You know, for example, do you have social media loaded for the next couple of weeks? And is everything appropriate? And I'm going to turn um, over to Ashley because as a group, we had some discussions in terms of what is appropriate. You know, we've never been through a pandemic before, how do you make the decision in terms of what is appropriate or not? You, you obviously know what is wrong, but it was a little foggy in terms of what is right, but we actually got some guidance. Um, and Ashley, I'll let you go ahead and take it from here. Yes, um, one of our very wise clients who's on the call, Phil DeKemper from Seco Concrete uh, Construction, is um, he helped us navigate this and how to change the message. Uh, we knew we needed to continue marketing and messaging, but you know, how to change the message for the audience um, in a way that wasn't celebratory. Um, you know, we had to, like Kimberly said, we had to immediately look at um, all of our um, social media posts that we had loaded because we typically have several weeks out loaded for them. So we had to look and see what we needed to change and maybe tone down um, a little bit. And so Phil helped us figure out the right, um, the right wording and messaging there. Um, you know, I think, I think two really key themes that came out in the messaging, and I've seen this with all of our clients, is um, two really important messages of compassion and community. And I'd say in all of like the messaging right now, it's so important. And I think we've been incorporating those messages, you know, in whatever it may be like a video script, you know, a blog or, you know, whatever the case may be, social media posts where we can, you know, just, um, you know, giving those two themes and, and two messages. And I think it's in part, I think, because we all need that right now. We all need a lot of compassion and, and we're all craving a sense of community. Um, so I think when we can speak to how we're either, you know, creating this community, you know, how we offer community um, in some way, um, you know, it's, um, it, it's a, it goes a long way. And I think that's something that will really continue into 2021. Um, I think those two themes, you know, will carry on. It, it may be something that we'll see, you know, many months on down, you know, the road. So, um, you know, just a couple of other quick things, like in a time of crisis like this that we learned and that we quickly implemented that the messages should be short and concise and, you know, that um, we just kind of use humor sparingly, you know, and I think some of that is toned down now, you know, we're kind of seeing things level out, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways. So, um, but those are some of the initial things that, that we were really focusing on. Awesome. So a shout out again to Phil, who's on the line with us today. Because <laughs> we, we did give him credit in March because we, we couldn't get our hands around how to describe it. Um, and I think it was, we were looking at a, a post about a, a job site. Um, I think it was a project that was just starting. 
And Bill, I think you said that, you know, now's not the time really to be celebrating as we're sending people home from work and we're trying to, to navigate through the pandemic. Um, so that's actually guided us through and great example of how we learn from our clients as well. Um, Carrie, I know you have some examples related to messaging as well. What would you like to share with our group today? Yes, um, I have a client in the aircraft industry. Um, he provides products. Um, and as you can imagine, the aircraft industry goes die. You know, it is impossible to sell things. And most particular, um, this client, all their competition basically closed down during a, uh, during a time. So they stayed open throughout, well, they're still open, <laughs> stayed open throughout COVID. And um, the approach they took was they were gonna ramp it up. So they took to social media, e-blasts, and they did various promotions. You know, they thought like a retailer, thinking, okay, let's, uh, let's do a promotion for one month. If you buy this product, you get X amount off. And they did various promotions. They even added a warranty, which had never been done. If you buy during this time, we'll give you whatever, one year, two year warranty, which had never been done in the industry. And it brought a lot of attention to them. You know, they got sales, but even more so they got attention because now is the time to make upgrades to your aircraft because you're not flying them. So they really put the, the thoughts out there, what can you do and will help you do it perhaps a little less than you normally would. So it was a great way to think outside the box and figure out what can we do to keep moving, keep going. And it's worked. So. It has worked, and I think the interesting thing, and I've heard this from all of you so far, is some of the tactics that we've talked to clients about doing for a long time, or maybe we dabbled in, um, many were willing to dive in and try a lot of things this year, which has been great. So maybe that's a silver lining, too, of, of trying new marketing mediums. I'm going to shift now. We've moved from pivoting to messaging. I want to talk a little bit about connecting. Um, and Ashley's already talked um, a little bit and set the stage related to that. Um, obviously, we're you know doing a webinar right now. We've done a lot of them this year. Um, I'm sure all of you have as well, as well as participate in them. You know, discussion related to how do we continue to make those connections? Um, our own team had to figure out how do we do 2021 planning with our clients in a meaningful way. We're used to sitting down in person and also having a social aspect to it. Um, and there's not a lot of great examples of how to create that social aspect. We've, we've tried a lot of things and we've had some, some limited success there. Um, Ashley, I know you've had some clients that have done some really creative things. I know one of them's on the, the call with us today here too from Concrete Pipe, but share some examples of what folks are doing to keep the connection and that human element to things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, keeping that human element in things is so important right now. And um, one of the things um, this year that was um, that presented a challenge for the American Concrete Pipe Association um, was that their their annual Concrete Pipe Week um, was a week where they would typically where member companies, member association, members of the association would host plant tours of their, you know, facilities and show how the concrete pipe is produced and, you know, show all the technology involved and, you know, how, um, you know, the advantages of, of using concrete pipe. So 
um, having an in-person plant tour, having you know various plant tours all across the country weren't possible. Um, so one thing that um, Michael and the members of um, the association did is they worked on creating the first ever virtual plant tour. So they were able to, you know, this together where they were able to show several different plants and the processes and the technologies and how um, the, the pipe is produced in the advantage. Um, and it was something that, you know, it, you know, people, you know, engineers and DOTs and people who would attend these could get some professional development credit, um, you know, through the in-person tours. Um, and so, you know, it's something they were able to continue on and it was really a, a very great success. Um, you know, I think as opposed to, you know, having a a group of, I don't, you know, I don't know, 25, 50 people at a plant, you know, instead you can reach, you know, exponentially more. And they did, you know, um, through the virtual platform. So um, it, it worked really, really well for them, I think. So, and I think that's something too, that we will keep seeing, you know, this virtual element that we've seen to be so successful and help people get so much more reach, you know, to their audience. And I, I you know, and Kimberly, I know we've mentioned this to a lot of clients when we've spoken that I think there, we do believe there will be this, you know, um, virtual aspect to just about any um, in-person gathering that is going to happen in the future. So, you know, there may be an in-person, you know, um, conference, but there's going to be this expectation of having some virtual element as well, I think. So, so that is, um, that is something that worked really well for them. Um, I'll mention another example too, um, our client Cold Spring, um, natural stone manufacturer and courier of natural stone. Um, one thing that they had begun doing even before COVID was they had shifted to, you know, doing more webinars. Um, but what really changed during COVID was that their sales reps weren't able to go in person to do like lunch and learns where they would go into an architect's office and, you know, have a, a learning session, you know, where they could present you know, information on how to specify stone and, you know, how to, you know, just how to incorporate stone in the designs um, that they're working on. So, so that was limited. But, um, you know, again, where the virtual element was there, they were able to reach a lot more. The, the webinars ramped up even more during this um, time of COVID. So, you know, that element of reaching more people um, was, was possible there. Um, and I'll mention a really cool, um, camera uh, technology that I saw that they used um, on a recent meeting, Cold Spring had a, an OWL um, 360 camera and it was new to me. So I'm just mentioning this to you know anyone else who might not know about it, but it was a, a great way of being on a virtual call with someone. Um, you know, they had four or five people in their conference room and Kimberly and I were virtual, you know, dialing in, you know, on Zoom, but the camera automatically shifted to whoever was speaking. So I thought that was really cool. And it made that, um, you know, the virtual um, Zoom call much more like it, you know, it was kind of like we were really there. So it, it felt, it was really a neat thing. I thought I'd pass along there, so. It, it was a cool technology and we should point out, they were in the same room, but they were socially distanced. It was a yes, thank you. <laughs> they were spread out. They were not sitting, it wasn't all four of them sitting like <laughs> side by side. Thanks. <laughs> It is a neat technology and it's a, it's a really good example. Um, you know, and mentioning technology platforms here, I've had the benefit of sitting in on many calls with our event services team and, you know, thinking through, you know, we've gotten used to Zoom and go to meeting and maybe we even use those, those tools before the pandemic, but then thinking through the user experience and that's the next step that we need to be. And I'm so thankful that, you know, our event services team members are really skilled in not just looking at the, the platform and how you actually deliver it, 
but really thinking through what that user experience is going to be like too because that's where that human connection is going to come in um, so Kristen I want to turn to you a little bit um, I know some of your clients had a silver lining related to connections and use of technology so if you could share your thoughts on that it's, it's a really good time to be watching your data for your webinars and your seminars because, um, for example, Slag Cement was looking to reach DOT personnel and they were catching a lot of people during COVID that they hadn't managed to catch before. I know I was talking to a DOT guy in maybe April and he was describing a lot of shakeups. You know, you, you wouldn't necessarily think that some of that field work would have changed as much as it did but so you really have to watch your data and, and see who's who's there and who's anticipating being there in the future more than they have been in the past um igga was quick to jump on board with partnering with other associations for their webinars because it can be hard for a small organization to suddenly produce tons and tons of webinars if they hadn't done so before but it's a good time to um really reap the benefits of those connections that you've made in the past and work with your, your network. Um, the Minnesota Concrete Council was averaging 50 in-person people at their in-person meetings, and then it jumped to like three and 400. So um, when it was virtual. So just like with customer training, keep in mind that your member associations, um, they're, they're gonna be online a lot more than they were. And, and accordingly. Yeah, and I, I love the Minnesota Concrete Council example because it was, you know, they were struggling, they were reaching the same group of folks in person in Minneapolis on a Thursday morning for breakfast, but once they switched to virtual, they're now getting eight times the number of people they used to get, you know, close to 400 people, and they're reaching people all over the state and beyond, which was one of their goals, which is great. So, Amy, last example example from you related to connections and clients something yeah i'm going to echo a little bit about what ashley said with how um concrete pipe had to change pipe week a little bit um i just saw this um, the other day with a local association that normally has an annual gala dinner um which has the opportunity for all their sponsors to have tables where folks can stop by and learn about um their individual organizations well obviously you know it can't happen in person so the association um, made available to do a video for them for um you know for their association and then they're going to do what they're gonna what they call a virtual bus tour so these will all be online and you can virtually be on a bus and stop by each one of these companies and find out what they do um, this, I guess the silver lining is at the annual gala, yeah, you would have the in-person connection, but that's a one and done for that evening where um, this association is going to put these videos on their site and keep directing people to them um, for, you know, the, for uh, a while now. It won't just be a, a one and done thing. So um, I guess if there is a silver lining, that's what it would be. That's a great example. And I think we've all struggled with how to make the trade show experience a, a good one. So I think that's a, a neat example with it. I'm going to shift with just a couple of tips and then we'll open it up for questions. Still trying to, to keep on our time slot here. 
So I, I'm reminded of what my good friend, um, Executive Director of the Concrete Foundations Association, Jim Beatty, said when we hosted a, a discussion in October. And he said, we need to stop thinking of talking about marketing related to getting through the pandemic, but look beyond. And several examples we've shared today really highlight that, that, um, you know, I hate to use the whole new normal analogy, but, you know, thinking beyond when you're looking at your plans and your messaging for 2021, um, looking closely at it and what does it look like beyond the end of the pandemic as well. So now's a great time if you haven't already to make sure you look at all of your assets. Does your messaging need to change? You know, we've talked about new tactics here, but does your messaging need to adapt as well? Great time to update testimonials, um, content for your website. People are looking at things virtually maybe more than they were before. Um, and then a couple of tips you've heard, but I'll just, you know, we kind of catalog them as a group as reminders going into the new year. Picking up the phone and actually calling and talking to people. That's something I've charged my team with doing. Actually talk to people without, you know, you don't have to have a reason to call your client and say hello. Sending a handwritten note, which I know can be hard if folks are working from home, but maybe even sending a, um, an electronic greeting card that has nothing to do with work. Um, and then just continuing to, you know, social media is also taken a, a big and more prominent role than it has before. And we're starting to see that dialogue we've talked about in the industry all this time and hoping that we'd finally get to that point. So with that, Janice, I'll turn it to you. Do we have any questions at all? Um, and if the group has any questions, I think the small group and informal, I'm happy to actually just have you unmute yourself and turn your camera on if you have any questions that you want to ask. Janice, I know you had some ready to go if you want yeah, to. Yeah, we had some questions go. that came in um, through the registration. Um, so the first one, um, actually, we have a question in the chat right now. We've talked, we've all talked a lot about hybrid virtual in-person events, and I think that is the right direction for the future. The issue PTI is struggling with is how to conduct two-way two events, such as committee meeting with both remote and in-person attendees. That is from Tony Johnson. Tony, great question. And we have Ron on the line, so he could probably jump in and, and I'll put him on the spot to answer this too. But I, I, you know, for those of you on the line, um, the one thing that we've learned, at least from an ACI perspective, is that hybrid events are um, very expensive and difficult from a user experience. You know, just kind of thinking through somebody in a committee meeting, they paid money to come to volunteer to be in a committee meeting. And then if they have to then wear headsets and be on a computer so those that are at home can connect, not a great user experience and it's super expensive. So we're going to have to look very carefully in terms of the future of what what that looks like. And maybe it's, you know, you doing certain parts of it virtual and certain parts not. Ron, anything you want to jump in and share on this topic? Yeah, probably one of the insights that our event services team shared with the ACI uh, staff and governance is there's really kind of three activities that take place at an in-person convention. There's the committee meetings. Well, no, let me go in a different order. There's the uh, technical sessions. Those are relatively easy to do in a, in a hybrid format. We can do those both live and somehow or another virtually. Then increasing an order of complexity and expensive cost and logistic difficulties are the committee meetings, especially if you're trying to run a committee meeting under consensus rules. Those are doable, but that's where the cost and 
the um, logistics get very complicated. And then the third part of an in-person convention is the social networking aspect. And that's the one where we're, we're at this point in time mostly convinced that that cannot be done in a hybrid format. I, I can't imagine people walking around and me talking personally to Kimberly and saying, oh, by the way, here's Tony on our cell phone. Let's let's hold our <laughs> cell phone up and talk to Tony. That, that seems to be the biggest um, challenge, as if you would, with the hybrid event. The other thing, Kimberly mentioned the cost factor of it. And one way to think about this for anybody in the association world that's been at all involved in uh, event planning, you know that coffee can cost $150 to $200 a gallon, and you go, well, why is that? Well, it's, there's a captive audience with the venues, the hotels, or the convention centers. Unfortunately, the same thing is tending to uh, play itself out on the internet access and the um, support labor for hybrid virtual meetings. Hopefully competition will drive that down, that price down. But uh, that, is, that is a major, major challenge on the economic side for hybrid events. Having said all of that, I can tell you from the ACI perspective, as we go back to having an in-person event, there's going to be a demand and we will meet it for some portion of the event to be virtual because we know it opens up participation to folks who otherwise couldn't participate if their only option were in person. Ron, thanks for jumping in. I appreciate that. Um, great, great input. And the, the one thing that came to mind as you were speaking is just a reminder to all of us that we need to take a step back and look at what are we trying to accomplish with each thing. And I know our event services team, I've been on the calls with them, they're really good about saying, what do you want to accomplish? What's the goal of this particular meeting? And I think for many of us, we're so used to doing this meeting or this event, you know, year after year after year, we, we know roughly what the intent is. But as we start to look at things with different formats, I think we need to really revisit what it is we're trying to accomplish. And is that the best way to do it? So, and we are at our time here, but I'd love to go ahead and keep this open for anybody that wants to stay on with any other questions that they have. Um, Tony, thank you for that question. Um, we'll keep you posted as, as we figure that one out too. It's a tough one. Anybody else have anybody else have any other questions you'd like to throw at us? Janice, I know you've got a couple if you want to throw them out. Um, so the first one I have is can, can strategic planning sessions be effective in a virtual format? So I'm fortunate enough to have Kathy um, Spanier on the phone, um, not on the phone, but on the the call with us today here and she's been my partner in leading strategic planning sessions this year virtually the answer is yes they can be done but it's re it's really really tough and we've learned a lot um we've you know found some things that that work really well but one of the the lessons learned we've have is you know that typical four-hour session that you would do we have found needs to be shortened to no more than 90 minutes um, and one of the other things that we've learned is how important it is to have a, a pre-meeting for the meeting, if you will. And I know the last thing people want is another meeting, but to make sure we could get the most out of the planning session, um, Kathy and I have one actually this Friday with the um, ACPA, the Pavement Association of the Northwest, is to hand off information beforehand. So doing a pre-meeting with giving them the info that they need, giving them time to digest it for two weeks and then coming back with the actual planning session part. So, and Kathy, you're welcome to jump in here if you wanna unmute yourself, but 
um, yeah, they can be done and they're, they're crucial and need to be done probably now more than ever. Everybody should be looking at their strategic plans. Covered it very well. Thank you, Kimberly. And I participated in a few and I just had one observation I would add. Having homework for people to do before the strategic plan meeting actually occurs seems to be critical because it takes care of a lot of the background that you normally could do in a longer meeting. But by having the homework done, it seems to help focus uh, some strategic planning. And actually, I've got a meeting in 25 minutes, and I did my homework for that meeting, and hopefully that'll be helpful. Kimberly, we have something in the chat from Michael Kramer. It says, great question. We've done a few and have never been sure if they've worked. The pre-meeting is huge. We found it helps set the mind frame of the participants. That's good. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Michael. That's great. Um, we do have another question regarding social media. How should we handle social media during this time? Should we be communi communicating more through social media? Carrie, do you want to take that one? Sure, and I think this is something that has been touched on um, during our session today, that basically um, social media should continue. If you weren't doing it before, do it now. If you haven't doing it, keep up with it and um, at the same pace or even more. But what we would caution is what you are saying. It's not a time to put out, hey, we are, our company's doing great. We are making so much money because there's companies that aren't. So be really careful what you say, how you say it. But, you know, go ahead, promote yourself, promote the industry, talk about what's going on. Um, just be guarded in, you know, who may be reading it and how you are saying things. But it is very important that you're still out there because. People need to know your company is still there and they're still surviving everything that's going on. So keep up the work. Awesome. Okay, we any do, other questions? We do have one more question that came in um, during the registration. It was regarding content, how to share it. Um, you know, how many different ways can we share it? Ashley, do you want to take that one? You or Kristen? Yeah, I'll jump in um, here and then, and Kristen, if you, you know, want to add and jump in too, but I, um, you know, I just, I think with every piece, you know, thinking of as many different ways as we can share it um, is fantastic um, to get as much mileage as, as you can. And, um, you know, I think that's one thing that Michael and the ACPA does really well, um, you know, not just looking at a one and done, you know, project profile, but how many different ways can we, you know, how can we use this? You know, how many, how many social posts can we get out of it? Not just one social post, but can we get 10 out of it? Um, and, you know, a lot of uh, just, I would say when I think about that, about how often to post, was the question how often to post or what should we be posting? Um, I think, um, you know, how often it just maybe depends on your audience, but, you know, roughly, I think our clients are posting roughly four times a week during the business week. Um, and then, and then what, just looking at your existing collateral and seeing how much, you know, you can get out of it, I would say is a good thing to keep in mind. I think this kind of ties into the way the webinar started with pivoting um, and with recognizing your customers' new needs also, because one of the things your customers or clients or members need is information at their fingertips. So um, one of my clients took a lot of their oldest material, repackaged it and sent it out in e-blasts, um, did a whole series, did a summer series because that old information was suddenly timely for their audience. 
you know, that might not have been the case had the pandemic not happened. They had to pivot. They had to come up with a way to get all of this uh, back burner information front and center. So, um, so that's one reason it's a really good time to repackage. Awesome. Great. Good deal. We are at the end of our time. We're a little over. So I thank you guys for, for staying on today. Um, and I thank for, uh, our audience members for jumping in and sharing in the discussion as well. Um, most of you on the call are clients. So thank you for being our partners this year, for learning along with us. Um, we're looking forward to, to 2021 and continuing to build on the trends and the lessons learned that we've had this year. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope this session provides value and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. For more information about AOE, please visit our website at www.aoeteam.com.